0: New Year's has always been a special time in my family's life. Uh, A lot of things have happened right around New Year's for us. Uh, I don't think there's, maybe there's something special with it. I don't know. I think God's a God of new things and it's a kind of a new year. And uh, it kind of started back in 2007. We had a couple kids at the time and God called us to sell everything we have and move into a camper. And so. It was, that was probably actually the first time we heard it was probably in August of, of uh, 2007. And we thought, that's crazy. There's no way we're doing that. And then we heard it again, maybe in September, October. And we said, again, God, you're crazy. There's, we have two kids and we're not, we're not going to fit in this camper at all. I promise you. And we heard it again late November and felt like we were supposed to move in, sell everything, move into a camper and get out of debt. Well, uh, we decided we're going to do it. And it was around December 14th, we got our camper, moved it out to some friends' house, Doug and Tanny Vaughn, and they let us stay at their place. He had an extra septic tank, all the stuff you have to have for campers. And we moved it out there and see what God had for us. And we felt like God was saying, You're going to get out of debt. Well, I wasn't thinking very good through all this, probably, like I do most of the time. And so we go get a loan to get a camper and we're trying to get out of debt. That doesn't usually work. (laughs) My grandpa was the biggest one of always saying, I'm going to borrow enough money to get out of debt. Don't try that one. Uh, And so we were going to get out of debt. And so I started figuring it was middle of of December there, and I was thinking, we're going to have to live here for three years to get out of debt. Three years. By the money we were saving and stuff, by living smaller and everything, we were thinking, we can't do this for three years. There's no way. And so uh, December... 31st of 2007 rolls around and I'm praying, asking God, what is this all about? What are we really supposed to be doing? How are we going to get out of debt? And it was like, the debt was no big deal to God. He says, what you're really doing here is working on your marriage. You're supposed to sow into your marriage. I was thinking, well, that's a good thing because we're in really tight space. We're going to sow into our marriage. You can't run off when you're in a camper. It's like, I'm going into the other room. And you're like right there, you know, it's, there's a curtain, between There was a curtain between the bedroom and the kitchen and the living room and all the other rooms, you know. And so uh, we got to sew into, not that we ever argue or fight at all, do we? No. And uh, we have heated discussions, that's all we have. And so anyways, we, we moved in and felt like we were supposed to sew into our marriage. It was a great place because Doug and Tanny uh, love marriages, sowed into ours so much. He's over uh, family and marriage ministry at Gateway Fort Worth now. And they would just stop by and just, how y'all doing? What's going on? Just so wisdom into us and to our marriage and just give us ideas and things we should maybe do. Have you ever thought about doing date night every night? You know, used to do that all the time when you were dating. How about when you're married? You know, so we would just get different things and God really worked on our marriage. And about three months in, in April, a huge storm came, demolished our camper with hail, demolished our cars, demolished my pickup, and I think this is why God didn't really worry about the debt too much and he was more worried about something else is because we got the insurance money, we paid all of our debt off, free and clear. It took us three months and we didn't have to do anything but just take a check that somebody sent us and send it to somebody else. It was real easy. And I said that in the first service and, and there's a guy that said once, stepping out in faith, a lot of it is we just open the windows and let God do the rest. And so we, we just kind of say, here we are, God, we're going to step out. And so many times in my family's life and in my life, we get nervous of stepping out. Are we going to miss God? Is this really what God has for us? And I've come to find out over time, and I still am working on this, is I'd rather step out and miss God than not step out at all. And just be comfortable and sit back and be like, I don't know, because God and His journey that He has for us and and the life He has for us is amazing, and even if we miss it, he's a loving God and he's just so good just to pick us right up and it almost makes us feel like we maybe hit it a little bit, you know, and so, uh, so that was 2007 into 2008, the year of, we, we lived in the camper for nine months, moved out in September of 2008. We were at uh, my mother-in-law and in laws house, Pam and Lee, uh, December 31st, 2008, about to bring in the new year celebrating and Doug calls. And he just couldn't leave us alone. And Doug calls and says, I felt like I was praying that I have a word for you guys. And I can't tell you over the phone, but all I can tell you over the phone is, what are you willing to give up? And I thought, okay, we just got our furniture back that we already sold to move into a camper. We moved out of camper, bought all new furniture, bought all of our stuff, got into a house. And now what are we willing to give up? And so, we, so I was going straight to stuff, you know, I was thinking we're gonna have to give up some more stuff. That's pretty easy. I'm not real sentimental about much, but this time it was a little tougher because it was giving up people. We've been part of Crossroads Church since we were in a living room. I think there's maybe five or six couples left that started in that living room that's still here. And look what it's grown into now today. It's been a privilege to be a part of that. And so he called us though to move to another town, to Waco. Not very far away, but it was tough for us. All we've known is born and raised in Bowie, been in Crossroads since it started. We knew everybody, we just felt loved here, loved the people, but he was calling us away to give up. the. And I was working as a youth pastor at the time, so that's maybe why I'm kinda ADD and ramble a little bit. That's just how you do when you're a youth pastor, I guess. Sorry, Luke, I don't know. <laughs> I feel your pain. I think you have to do that because they won't pay attention to you very long, so you just kinda switch switch topics. And so anyways, I loved the job. I loved what we were doing. And we had to give it up. And that was probably one of the most painful. And, but we did it. Didn't know what was going to happen. We, and he called us to Waco. That was in January. So December 31st, he says, what are you willing to get up? January, we were at a conference with the youth. And that's when he actually called us saying, once you move to Waco, go to this uh, discipleship missions training school. So we did it. We took all of our stuff, moved it down there, found a job in construction. That's what I grew up doing with my dad, still doing today. And uh, found a job, went to this class, and God did something in in that period of our life that was amazing. But what was really cool is December 31st, 2008, we get the, what are you willing to give up? December 31st, 2009, we're laying on a mattress in the living room of our new house in Waco saying, Happy New Year. It's about ten thirty. I'm really tired. I'm going to bed. We've been moving all day on the thirty-first. And so we go to bed early and we're there from exactly year, date to date. What are you willing to give up? And I felt like we did what God wanted us to do, and we stepped out and he changed our life that year. The next year, we go through the new year, like three days after the new year, we go to class, and this guy was talking about spending time with Jesus in 2010. I remember it. I mean, we heard so many people talk during this class. People get up, we do worship for a couple hours, and we hear somebody speak for a couple hours. We do ministry time. But this guy, something, something was different. I remember going home that night thinking, have I missed it? Have I missed what it's all about? Because this guy's saying it's all about spending time with God. It's about my relationship with Him fully. It's not about what I can do, how, all the things I need to do, and you know, I think sometimes we try to do a lot of things just so we can maybe win a little out of boys. You know, maybe God will like us a little bit more. Can I tell you, God's not going to like you anymore. He's not going to love you anymore for anything we do. He loves you all that He can love you right now. Anyways, this guy was speaking, and it changed my life, my family's life, my wife's life, and it's really never been the same since. And then this year, this last week, as I was trying to prepare for this, we've been moving from... Our house in Sunset that we sold, moving to a house that we're going to be at for about 94 more days before we move to Ireland to do mission work, and so uh, it always seems like the new year is something, something special. It's tough. Don't get me wrong. We had to give up a house that we built one of one of the first ones we built together. Being a builder, you think I'd build a lot of them for us, but uh, this was our second one ever, and it was special. Uh, but we got to spend three years there, and. Uh, So we gave that up, moved to some friend's house that they're letting us use for a little bit of time, and we're looking forward to moving to Ireland and seeing what God has next. We kind of don't know. We know kind of why we're going, but we're just expecting of God doing some great things like He always has. And so as I was praying today about the new year and asking God, what do you have for us? What do you have for the new year? I just felt like for 2018 that he wants to make it a year that we look back on individually and corporately as a church body and say this is when our lives changed forever. That this is when we fell more in love with God. And I felt like he was calling us to uh, four things, to a deeper relationship with him. I felt like he was inviting us to go deeper with him. I felt like he was saying come closer not to maybe stay far off, maybe not to give the stiff, maybe not to be as Brett was talking about. Man, I'm all messed up. I've done all these things. I've got to get everything right before I come before the Lord. No. None of us could come before God if we had to get everything right. Okay, guys? It's all His grace and Him only. Uh, come to know me even more and I want to grow your faith. And then He gave me this scripture, John fifteen five. This is out of the New Living Translation. Remain in me and I will remain in you. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then the question came, who wants 2018 to be the most fruitful year ever? And I'm not talking about things and money and possessions. I'm talking about spiritually with God, your relationship with the Lord, where you are spiritually. Who wants 2018 to be the most fruitful year that you've ever had, a year that changes your life? I hope all of us. So I felt like all he said was four four words we get to do. Then remain in me. If we remain in God, because it says it right here, remain in me and I will remain in you. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me you can do nothing. I don't want to be the person that can do nothing because I'm always apart from God. I want to be the person that is remaining in him constantly. And so... uh." In the, in the world's view, this, this sometimes goes against, because I talk to a lot of people, people talk to me, hey, how are you doing? You staying busy? You real busy? I'm busy. I'm just got all this. So I kind of want to talk on the other side of, let's kind of declutter, and let's get rid of some of the busyness, and let's find more time for God. Because if, if I read it all right, if I give my life to God, all my life is His, not just little pieces of it. He's Lord of my life. Not just, hey, I'm going to give you this little part and you be Lord of this and I'm going to be Lord of all the rest. God's Lord of all of our life. And so, I want to kind of talk again. So here's a scripture. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So I have this little illustration. That I felt like I got it was wor- it was maybe better the first service. This might be even more tangled now, but I know it's probably not the gift you were wanting from Amazon. But that's just a box we had from Christmas because that's where everybody does their shopping now. I think. But look at this rope. Just say this this rope goes on. Whoa, jump rope. Say this rope goes on forever. It has no ending, even though it ends right there. But say it never ends. Let's call this eternity. Okay, And let's call this tape our life. This is your lifespan, however long that is. Hopefully it's a long lifespan. But what Paul was talking about, he was looking forward to the crown that lasts forever. Are we looking forward? Are we living our life, this lifespan for this? Are we living our lifespan just to get a little bit of pleasure out of this and then it's gone? Are we parenting our kids so man, they're really respectful, which they need to be, and they're really polite, and they're, but they really look good on me, man. They really make me look good. Or are we parenting our kids so it changes eternity, so it's an eternity thing where they become disciples, where they start sharing the gospel, where they're meeting others, and they're loving others. Are we parenting just for right here? So it, how about finances? Is our finances just about right here? Or is it about eternity? If I gave everybody $1,000 today, which I wish I could, but I can't, sorry. That'd be a pretty cool illustration. (laughs) What was your first thing you maybe do? Man, I'm going to go get this, or I'm going to buy this, or, or do we take a second and go, God, what do you want me to do with this money that will last for eternity? It'll last forever. What do you want me to do with it? What's in your life that you're, that you're just living, you know, we're going to live really, I'm going to work really hard right here, as hard as I can, and then when I get here, I'm just going to quit, and I'm just going to retire, and I'm just going to take the easy life for the rest of this. That's great. Retirement, there's nothing wrong with retirement, guys. But you don't take off from everything. You can't take off from God. You can't take off from life. You've got to keep living life, and hopefully, Hopefully, we're not looking for this point. All of our life has lived looking at this, but I hope all of our life has lived looking at this. Not, I'm trying to, we're, we're moving to go to Ireland, and I've been asked before, what are you going to do about retirement? What, what, have you thought about that? No, I haven't. Because I trust that the Lord is going to take care of me in this little part of time if he's taking care of me this much. And so, I'll figure out retirement, okay? I'm, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is all of eternity. And did I live my life so it affects all of eternity? So I wanted to share just a few quick things because all preachers have to have three points. So I tried to even get around it and there was no way. I I think it's the Lord, something with the three, the Trinity and all that, I don't know. Uh, So how do we do this? It's not easy guys. It's not easy taking time and spending with the Lord. And I'm talking about a time of the day. Find your time and everything, but also listen, guys. Maybe I didn't say this in the first service. Every time of the day, we need to be spending time in the Lord. It didn't say remain with me in the morning and then you can part. It didn't say remain in me at night and then you can go your own way. Remain in me. That's an all-day deal. And so that's what we're called to is to remain in Him all day long. So we're going to talk some about a time, let's find a special time. But we're also going to talk about what does it look like in our daily lives? What does it look like at three o'clock in the afternoon? Okay? So, spending time. Find your time. Don't make this about religion. Don't make this about legalism. Don't make this, find your time. Okay, if, if you're a morning person, glory, hallelujah, I'm not. Okay, I'm not going to get up at four in the morning and spend an hour with the Lord I'm going to be asleep during that time because if I even tried to get up, I would be asleep. I'd be in the corner of my Bible going, with drool coming out on my Bible. I just know who I am. That's who I am. I'm sorry. Maybe not. But <laughs> mine's at night. I, I love just taking some time at night. Either read a book, read the Bible, pray a little bit, whatever it might be. But we have to take time to spend with the Lord or we're not going to be able to grow that relationship. We're not going to be able to grow deeper. We're not going to be able to hear what he's saying. we got to take time and set it aside. Frank LeBach said, we shall not become more like Christ until we give Him more time. If you want to become more like Christ, give Him more time. Because there's no way you can spend time with the Lord and not come away just like Moses did. He went and spent a little time with the Lord. He came away and his face was glowing. There's no way you can go spend time with the Lord and not come away a changed person. And that's why I believe God's saying 2018 is going to be a year that's going to change our lives if we'll do this. Find a time to spend with the Lord. And here's another thing that sometimes, I'm, maybe I'm just ranting a little bit, but here's, here's what I've done in the past and I do every once in a while. We have a problem with, as, a, as people, because this takes discipline. And that, oh, don't say that word. That, I hate that word, discipline, you know. It takes, you, it, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's a practice we gotta do. It's something we have to do, guys. But what happens a lot of times, I looked this up on YouTube, so it's definitely true. <laughs> but they say you can take, I don't know if you can take this one, but you can take I st- I can't, because I have no green thumb, but they say you can take a stem off of a rose bush, you can plant it, transplant it, and it will start growing. It will grow its own roots and everything. It'll start growing and then before long you have a rose bush and all these pretty blooms that smell so nice to be on it. Well, this is kind of what I felt like when about spending time. So many times we come on Sunday mornings and we plant this and somebody waters it, we have worship music and we have somebody talking, we have ministry time, and it's watered and it's nurtured and it's fertilized, and then Monday morning comes and we pull it out and we lay it down. And then we show up next Sunday and we plant it. Before long, this thing's going to start drooping. It might be the first week. And we wonder why. What's going on? I can't get... Guys, this is an everyday deal. If you were going to take this and plant it and want it to grow, you're going to have to water it on Monday. You're going to have to fertilize it on Tuesday. You're going to have to mess with the soil a little bit. It's going to be an everyday deal. It's not just, hey, I want to come on Sundays get filled up, and then I'm going to pull it and set it to the side. It's a relationship. If I went home one day a week, my wife would probably get a little mad at me. It's an everyday deal. I need to be there every day. And so that's what God wants from us. He wants us to set aside a time every day. So find that time that you can set aside. And listen, don't make it, man, I got to give it, no, make it five minutes. Try five minutes every day. Just try five minutes. It doesn't matter. It's not about the quantity. It's the quality. Okay, guys? Just give five minutes of quality time to the Lord and watch what He does. Watch how He speaks to you. And before long, you'll be like, man, i got to stay here a little longer because of what God's given me, what He's downloading to me. I promise I've been there. I've done that. And guess what? You're going to miss a few days. You're not a horrible person. If you miss it, that's the enemy just trying to beat you up, trying to keep you from pushing forward. Guess what? When you get pushed back, we don't just quit. We get right back up and we keep going. We got to keep going with this and don't let it push you back and then you just want to quit. This is important. And the next thing we got to do besides spending time is we have to listen. Quote says, the trouble with nearly everybody that prays is that they say amen and they run away before God has a chance to reply. Listening to God is far more important than giving Him our ideas. This was something I was guilty of and still am sometimes is might read the Word, have some different things I want to pray about and be like, okay, I got to go. And never took time just to stop and ask the Lord, what do you want to say? What are you saying to me? What, how, how can I be a better father? You, you, you tell me that. And just stop and listen. How can I be a better husband? How can I walk more like you today? How can I show people who you really are? And then just take time to listen and not just run out. It's going to seem a little weird at first, but let me tell you something. God speaks. I promise he speaks. Might not be an audible, hey, Cody. But you just feel something down inside you. You get maybe a picture. There's different ways that he wants to speak to you. But God speaks and he wants to speak to you because he loves you. He's in love with you and he wants y'all's relationship to go deeper in 2018. So our lives are changed forever. So we have to listen. Um, Something that gets in the way of my listening kind of comes out of this scripture a little bit. Colossians 3, one through two, it's out of the amplified version. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, Keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on earth, which have only temporal value. A lot of times when I look at my time, man, I get so lost in my to-do list. I like start out, okay, God, speak to me. Yes, Lord, I got to go to Lowe's and I got to pick this up for the job. You know, I kind of get off into my construction and what I have to do and everything, and then You know what I do? A lot of times I just stop and go, okay, I'm sorry. And I come back and I find myself drifting. But if we'll keep our mind focused on things above, and that's even during the day. This isn't just your your time that we're saying set out. There's time during the day that we can stop and listen. We see somebody at Walmart. Man, they sure look like they're hurting. Hang on. Let me just take a second here. Take some time. And let me listen to what God has for that person. It's not just that morning or just that evening or whatever that time is. It's all day long. That's how we can minister as the body of Christ to people that we come in contact with. Is if we just take that time and listen and see what God has for us for the people around us. And uh, I have trouble with listening sometimes. Uh, at this, I take care of our finances. And so a lot of times I've been at services, I'm going to kind of tell a bad one on me, but I've been at services where the pastor might be up there and go, hey, we're going to take a special offering and I want y'all to pray about what God wants you to give. And me and Leanne would be sitting there. And so instead of really listening to God, I kind of listen to my checking account of, okay, this is kind of what we have and this is what would be comfortable when I'm done to live on this next week and maybe have a little extra here. So this is about what we can give. Now, I didn't listen to God there. I listened to comfortability and what I thought was right. And so many times, Leanne comes up to me and goes, so what'd you get? I was like, I don't know what would you get. <laughs> you know, like hoping my number will one time be bigger than hers, but usually it won't. <laughs> because she doesn't have the checkbook. She just you know has whatever. So she, man, she, she does. She just listens to the Lord and she's just like, okay, bam. So one time I got a number and I said, she goes, what'd you get? I said, 400. She goes, no, oh, mine was higher. I was like, okay, I'll go back and pray a little bit more. So I was trying to be all spiritual and everything. I go back and pray a little bit more. I came back and I said, 600. You know, so I was just like an auctioneer here. I was trying to see where we're going to sell this thing. <laughs> she was like, no, mine's higher. And I was like, man, why it got to be higher? You know, that's going to be about all we have in our checking account at the time. This is when we were in Waco and I go and I really try to listen. I say, okay, God, I want to listen to you. What do you have? I feel like he said $1,000. And I go back and tell Leanne, I got $1,000. She's like, that's what I got too. So we write our check for $1,000 and put it. I start out at 400 trying to negotiate with God (laughs) of what I should give instead of just starting out there of just being, okay, it's your money, God. You've given it to me. Even if I've worked for it, you give me the skills that I have to even make the money. It's yours. But then I want to try to, because I, I don't know what I'm afraid of. I, maybe that's a lie we believe, that maybe God's not going to take care of us really. So if we do give what he says, then he's going to leave us hanging out there and we're going to fall. And oh, uh, ha! look at you. That's not the God I serve. That's not the God that loves me. He's not that type of God. And so anyways, we, we need to listen. We need to spend time. We need to listen. And the last one is obeying. We have to obey. And uh, I think this is the best part and sometimes the most uncomfortable part because it just depends what God gives you to obey. (laughs) You know, if it's something pretty easy, maybe there's nothing that's easy, but like I was telling the first service a story of we were building this church. I go in, we were going to go eat at Waterburger. I go in and wash my hands before we eat. And while I was in there, I was trying to just, you know, doing this, spending time, hey, okay, God, do you have anything for anybody in here? And I felt like he said, yeah, the lady checking out, the cashier there, I, th- I just felt like she was going through something, and she needed to know that she could do this with the Lord's help, that she was going to make it through whatever she was going through. And I was like, okay, that's not you, Lord, because I'm not going up there and order no number one cheese, and you can do this, you know? That- I'm going to look like an idiot, you know? I hate it when he does stuff like that to me, but... So I'm in there washing my hands for like 45 minutes trying to psych myself out, <laughs> drying them, extra wash, dry, you know. And then, I mean, it's not that big a deal, but it seems like it is because that's really not the world. Man, we want to kind of flow with the world. The world is you go order, you go sit down, and you eat your thing, and you walk out. But, so I go up there, order my cheeseburger, you know, trying to kind of fidget in, oh, make it large fries, maybe a large drink. And then finally I'm like, oh, and, and oh yeah, I was praying a while ago and, and I give her the whole thing. I mean, it wasn't that big. I mean, I don't even know what he's going to do with that. You know, I'm just like, I feel like maybe you're going through something. God just wants you to know that he's going to help you through it and you can do this. You're going to make it. And then she gives me that awkward look of, <laughs> okay, <laughs> is that all your order? You know, <laughs> yeah, that's it, <laughs> you know. And, and we go on. I don't know where it really came from that other than she was really nice every other time I've been in there, you know. But uh, we, that's just stuff. We—that's just stuff. I mean, go for it, guys. Step out in faith and see what happens. Because there's other times when I'm at Home Depot and I feel like I'm supposed to pray for the hardware guy in the, in the, over there and the screws and bolts and all that. And I talk myself out of it. And for two weeks, I go back looking for this guy. After I talked myself out of it and left that day, I'm thinking, I'm going to go back and I'm going to find this guy and I'm going to pray for him and I'm going to see what he needs. I keep going back and keep, and he's never there. I mean, they work all the time. I mean, like I could never find this guy. I'm like, maybe they fired him. You know, maybe I was supposed to pray for his job or something that day. You know, I don't know what it was, but I finally found him a couple weeks later and maybe I missed the opportunity. I I went up and asked him, he was like, no, I don't need anything. Just kind of was real cold shouldered. I don't know, maybe I should have done it the day I was, that the Lord said to do it. Don't talk yourself out of it, guys. It's okay to be awkward. It's okay to look different. Look at me, okay? <laughs> it works, okay? Just just go for it, okay? Just dive off and go for it. Step out there and see what God has for you. And you'll be surprised because I promise you we'll come back and church won't be the same anymore because we'll be out in the foyer telling testimonies about this is what happened to me this week and this is what happened to me and we'll be so excited and we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies may we be a church that's full of god-filled testimonies may crossroads church be full of them maybe not just sit around and wait for somebody to come and say, man, this is what I did. And just say, man, I want to be like that person. And don't, don't hear me, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty messed up in this, okay? <laughs> I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be who God called you to be. I want you to be even better. And that's real easy to do because I'm way down here, okay? I'm just trying this. I've been walking in it. And I see God in it. And I see fruit in it. I just want to encourage you. Remain in Him. And He'll remain in you. And you'll bear much fruit. I want to end with a, uh, a story. Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with me in any way. I'm, I'm part of it. But we were in Waco at the time. And this kind of goes in with the relationship because I really believe that God was wanting everybody to know that it's about relationship. It's about relationship, is what He's wanting. He's not wanting anything else but a deep relationship with you to let you know that you're loved. It's like during worship day, I felt like there was people in here that just needed to almost feel like physical arms come around them and hold them. And I just felt like God was saying, man, I wish I could be there in the flesh just to hold you. So I felt like God was really wanting to love on some people today. And I believe that this is what this is about, that God's saying, I just want a relationship with you. And so as me and Lynn kind of were going through this journey of getting with the Lord and spending time and listening to Him and just sometimes doing some crazy stuff and Everything. This kind of seems crazy, but it's something I always go back to and I remember of the goodness of the Lord. But we would go to class every day, like I said, Monday, or not every day, Mondays and Thursdays, six to ten. And you just kind of wear whatever, shorts, t-shirts. Kind of like going to college, you know, you don't dress up in a big button-down with a tire, you know, it's like relaxed. And so I was probably putting on my khakis and everything. I was getting home had about 45 minutes to get ready. And then all of a sudden Leanne's there like doing her hair in these big curl type things, you know, like getting all ready and has this makeup all on. Like, you know, usually it's a ponytail. We're heading out the door and roll, and she had this sundress on. And I was kind of getting in the shower and didn't know if I should say something or if I'd be like a rude husband, like, why do you look so good today? Like, you never look good, but you do today. You know, I didn't want to be that I didn't want to be that person. So I was trying to keep my mouth shut because I have a problem of inserting foot a lot of times. And and so anyways, I ask her. Why are you getting all dressed up for? You know, I mean, I mean, it's not like real dressed up, just a little sundress and makeup and stuff, but we used to didn't do that. And she's like, Well, I was spending time with the Lord, and I felt like he said he was wanting to take me out on a date. I said, Okay, we're going to class unless I got another, you know, unless I miss something. And so, anyways, I mean, she had her fingernails and her all of paint or polish, not painted. You paint a barn, you polish nails. I learned that. Sorry, she used to be a nail tech also, so you have to know the terminology. Uh, and so anyway, so she had all that done. And so I just kind of went with it. I was like, okay. So I guess I was the chauffeur that night for the date or whatever. And so we go to class and we get out at class and we go through our worship time for about 45 minutes to an hour. And all of a sudden this girl named Kelly gets up. She goes up to the front and she has this huge sunflower, big old long stem, big old head on it. Lynn's favorite flower. And she gets up and she goes, well, I was spending time with the Lord this morning and the Lord told me to bring these flowers for Leanne. And I was thinking, okay, wow, you put those, you know, us guys, you know, we show up at the door with our flowers and, you know, I mean, that's just, that's who God is. He's the gentleman. He's the wooer. He's the one that's in love with us. And that's the God we know and that's the God we serve. The God that's in love. And so, can we do something as we close up? Let's just close our eyes for a second. Let's just practice it right now. This is the perfect time as any. Let's just take a minute. Let's give some time. Maybe you have something on your heart you want to pray about. Maybe something you want to give the Lord. Maybe something you're struggling with. Now let's just take a minute just to listen. Lord, we ask you to speak. Is there someone here? Is there someone in my life, Lord, that we're I'm supposed to uh, do something for, give something to, say something to them, Lord? Will you speak to us? Lord, we're thankful for what you speak. Father, may you help us to be obedient in the things you're calling us to. Help us to step out in faith. Just like you said, I felt like one of the words was, you want to grow our faith. Lord, faith comes by hearing. And then we have to put actions to that faith, Lord. And so Lord, help us to be obedient in the things we heard today. Help us to be a people that step out and step forward and not backwards. Lord, thank you for being a God that gave everything, gave, your, gave heaven away, took on flesh, came to earth, and then gave your life so you can have relationship with us. So Father, right now we say we give it back to You. We give our lives to You. Not just a little bit, Lord. We give our whole life to You. Everything that we have. Everything that we are. Father, we love You. And will you just show us how much you love us even more? Lord, may we see your love more every day as we spend time with you. May each person in this room be like that rose bush that there just blooms everywhere and there's a fragrance of the Lord as you walk into this place. And wherever they go, there's just that fragrance of you. Charles Spurgeon said, I wish my brothers and sisters that during this year you may live nearer to Christ than you have ever done before, depending upon it. It is when we think much of Christ that we think little of ourselves, little of our troubles, and little of our doubts and fears that surround us. The more we think about me and God's further off, it's harder to see God. But when we give time and we let God come close, All the stuff around us seems to fade away because the goodness of God shows up. God's good. God's in love with each one of you. He wants a deeper relationship with you and He wants 2018 to be the most fruitful year you've ever had. Be blessed. Amen.